Well, we are going to be getting into God's Word together this morning and slightly into the afternoon. But before we do that, there's several pieces that um, are going to be a little bit interactive here. Um, you know, when I was, as I've looked at the life of Jesus, one of the things that I appreciated about the way that Jesus taught was he used object lessons from the things around him. And I love being in a church like this, wonderful, especially when it's hot outside or when it's raining or whatever. But there's times where I think it would be so neat to be able to do church like Jesus did church once in a while. You know, he had a whole group of people that was probably way bigger than this. And he said, the Bible says that he took them out onto a mountainside. You know, there's something about the, the, the imagery that he used out there. In fact, in Matthew chapter 5, I was just going through the Sermon on the Mount and look at all the different imagery that Jesus came up with from the things around him and from day-to-day life. Um, it says that he, he saw the multitudes and he went up on a mountain and he opened his mouth and he taught them. And there were a few things here. In Matthew 5 verse 13, he talked about salt. Do we still use salt today? Yeah. He said, you are the light of the world. I loved it. We had a light bulb there. He said, look at the birds of the air. And he said, and consider the lilies of the field. Jesus was a pretty good teacher. He would go out into nature, something that he created, and then he would use object lessons. And so as I was praying for wisdom, what do we, Lord, what do you need me to, to share this morning? Uh, it was a very simple thing that came to me that I was impressed to share with you, and it involves nature. So we want to talk a little bit about nature, but I also, as I was reflecting on how Jesus would teach, he was very engaging. And I don't know if some of you are like me, does anybody have a hard time just sitting and listening to somebody talk for a long time? I have a really hard time with that. Like when I'm not preaching, I have a hard time not sleeping. And it's not because it's not interesting. It's because I just don't like to sit still. And so I think that engaging is sometimes a very helpful thing. So I don't want to be distracting from the message, but we've got some engaging pieces where I'm going to ask for some feedback and I'm going to need some help. So to start with, before we pray and before we get into studying the scripture, I need help from a young person that likes to build with blocks. Is anybody a volunteer for that? Are you a good, can you build a tower out of blocks? Think you're up to that task in front of a bunch of people? Would that be too intimidating? You, you're okay. You, you don't want to do that or you would do that? So if, if you're willing to do that, come on up here. I've got, I need your help with that. It'll be down here. Don't worry. We want it to be up top here. Some of you are wondering what I dragged up here this morning. So this is just kind of a little side thing that's going to be going on, okay? You're not going to be like the main focus of everybody's attention pretty soon. You'll just be building here. And people will glance down once in a while, but it's not going to be a big deal. So here's what we're going to do. Um, basically, I just need you to build me a tower, okay? Not too hard to do, right? Now, before you build the tower, though, let's just talk about what... Is it a complicated thing to do, to build a tower? Not really, right? We're, just, we're going to pile them on top. I don't know. The floor is pretty even here, right? We can get started here. And you can use... I guess there's different kinds here. So there's the little ones. There's the big ones. And you can build it however you want to, okay? So you get creative. You can, you can just... Just build it however you want to, right? And I'm just going to leave you, leave you to it. It's not really complicated, but it's going to take some time, okay? So I'm going to let you get started on that while, while we're talking. And then I'm going to come back and talk with you about it a little bit later, okay? So, yeah, just go for it. Nothing, nothing complicated there. And if you need help, you can go grab a friend if you need help, okay? Yeah, all right. All right, so we got that started there. There will be a very definite uh, point to this in just a little bit. And here's your goal. Try to build it as tall as you can, okay? She's already into it. All right. All right, and um, you know what? I should have done this before I get you started. What's your name, my dear? What's your name? Harmony. Harmony. That's a beautiful name. Before we start, let's pray together, okay? Because then we'll get started. All right. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word today. And Lord, our prayer is that your 
word would speak to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would be present to help us to hear the things that you need us to today. And we thank you because it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, thank you, Harmony. Go ahead and build it and try to make it right here as tall as you can, okay? And just, just go for it. All right. I'm going to need a few other volunteers from our young people because there's a couple other things that we're going to do that are going to be a piece of this. So be ready. I'm going to need your help to, to help pass some things around, okay? I don't know if any of you guys are willing to help. Just help me in just a minute. I'm going to call on you guys, okay? Perfect. And if there's others that are sprinkled in, you guys are welcome to come help. Okay, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to John chapter 15. Now, Jesus wasn't uh, preaching to a bunch of people at this point. He was actually speaking to his disciples just before he was about to die. So it was a pretty serious conversation. But I love how even in the middle of this serious conversation, Jesus is walking outside and he uses the object lesson that was actually mentioned in our children's story. But I'm going to invite you to look at it with me so you get the context here. And there's several verses all the way from verse 1 through through eight, really, Jesus is talking about this illustration of a vine. But I want to zero in on verses five through six with you today. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, I am the vine. This is Jesus himself speaking, talking to his disciples. And he says, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. And then he goes on, he says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. I don't know uh, where Mr. Lawrenson is here today. Is he still, there he is. Did you, like, look ahead to know what we were talking about? or was Okay, I wasn't sure, because we were on the same wavelength. So somebody asked me, they're like, Hey, do you need me to throw this away for you? Why are you bringing trash in here? I said, Well, it's not... It will be trash eventually, but I've got something here. So young people, if you don't mind coming to help, it doesn't have to be just you guys, but I would appreciate your help if you're willing. Anybody, any other young people that are willing to help me here, just make your way up to the front if you're willing. And this is what I loved about the way Jesus was teaching. He used practical things, right? I know it seems a little weird because they're like, what, in the middle of church? Like in the middle of a sermon? Like we're just supposed to sit quietly. But look at what Jesus did. You think about this. I'm going to have you, because... This was great up here. You guys got to see it, but I want everybody to take a close look at these things because we've got the same plant here. This is called a fall olive, similar to the Russian olive, but it's a little bit different. It's an invasive species. You'll see this growing around your place probably if you live out in the country. I want you to each take one of the live ones. I could use a lot more if there's other young people that are willing to help because we've got to get this close so that everybody can see it, okay? So everybody gets a live one here and a dead one. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. You know how when they do in communion where they go down one down each row? Have you seen the deacons do that? I'm going to have you guys kind of do that. And I need somebody. Could you two go to the balcony with these two? Because I, I literally want everybody to see this. This is not just to, to be silly. This is like Jesus pointed to this and he said, I want you to pay attention to this. So you guys can hang on, hang on. Take a dead one with you. You need one of each. Okay. Remember what Jesus was talking about. Did you hear the verse? What did Jesus say? We read it in the children's story. And then we heard it again just now. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit, but without me, you can do nothing. What happens if you don't have Jesus? He said that it's like the branch gets withered up. Oh, by the way, these are the same kinds of a plant. I cut this one about, well, how long ago was that? Like a month and a half ago? Maybe two months ago? And this one I cut this morning, right? So you guys can go ahead and start. Just, I, just walk slowly, because what I want is for people to be able to see it. So I want you to each take an aisle, some of you at the front, some of you at the back, and just walk slowly, and I want you to show the adults so they can look up good and close. 
Oh, perfect number. Thank you so much for your help. All right, and I want everybody, just go ahead and take a look at that and think about this. Let this settle in for just a second. Because sometimes it's even better, a picture is better than somebody preaching at you, right? So I want you to just take a look. These young people are walking past. And young people, you can stop if somebody wants to look up close at it. Take a look and just think about the, the power and the illustration that Jesus gave there. I'm going to read it one more time so that you can be thinking about this. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now we probably wouldn't need to go into the Greek to understand what the word abide means. You could probably see it in the visual illustration that Jesus gave. But I think it's interesting. That word is used a lot in the Greek. In the New Testament, it's used over a hundred times and it means to remain. It's the same word that's used if you and I were going to go into a building together and I was going to leave and you are going to remain behind. It's a state of being, really. You're going to continue in that place. And so when Jesus says that you need to remain in me, he literally means it's a state of being. You need to continue to be connected to me. And it's pretty visually obvious from what you're looking at right here, right? I mean, how many of you have done this before? You've gone out, you've trimmed something in your yard, you let it sit there, and eventually the leaves fall off and they die. Man. He goes on, verse 7. He says, if you abide in me, so that continuing, abiding, staying, and my words abide in, abide in you, he says, then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You know, it's interesting. If we are staying connected with Jesus, the things that we naturally desire will come from that connection with him. And that's how he's able to answer our prayers. And then in verse 8, he says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. I want to say a big thank you to our young people for, for sharing those illustrations there. Yep, you can just come home. You can just pile those right here for now. I want people to be able to look down and glance at those and just see that. I'll clean it up later. Yep, you don't have to put it in the box. Just, just pile it there. You know what's interesting about these things too? It doesn't happen. Here, let me grab that one from you really quick. Thank you. It doesn't happen all at once, right? Like when you pick it initially, it still looks healthy. But then as you leave it for a while, you know, this has been picked for probably two or three hours now. It still looks relatively good. And then after a day, you know, especially in the heat, it's going to look worse. And then you, you, you know how this works. You've all been there, right? It's, it's a powerful illustration that Jesus made because you can be disconnected from Jesus for a little while and be okay, or at least look okay on the surface, right? But then as time goes by, it becomes more and more obvious that you've been disconnected. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. <clears throat> so he talks about having fruit in our lives. We're not going to go too far off on that, but I think it's interesting that he's talking, he goes on in this same dialogue with his disciples to highlight the importance of the Holy Spirit's work in their lives. And we see in Galatians chapter 5, literally the same words. You're doing awesome. Thank you. The same words used, talking about the fruit, in Galatians chapter 5, 22. Many of you have memorized this, right? It says the fruit of the Spirit is what? You remember? Love, joy, peace. If you needed to go there, Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do these sound like good things, like you want these things in your life? Yeah. 
I mean, have you ever longed for that when you don't have it? You know that there's this lack of peace in your life and you want these things? Jesus says, these are the things that can be in your life if you're connected to me. There's another really like everyday example. So many of you, many of you are out working in your garden and so forth. You'll see plants. You'll think of this after this week, maybe a little bit more. Some of you have heard this so many times. You're like, yeah, I mean, we've heard that. I've probably mentioned some of you have preached about this before. You've done Bible studies on it before. You're like, this is, this isn't really anything new, you know, but when you're, when you're thinking about this, here's another one that'll, especially when it's hot out and in harmony, you're doing an awesome job. So I'll tell you what. This took you about how long to build this, would you say? Maybe 10 minutes? Do you think that if you just had these specific blocks, you could build it again faster if you were to take it apart, now that you know what you're doing? No, you're done with it? All right. Thank you for your help. I appreciate your help. You can go back and go ahead and sit down. All right. We're going to come back to that little tower there in just a minute. But before we get to that point, have any of you been drinking a little bit more water recently? Um, I was out yesterday from around four to eight working in the sun and I was, I surprised myself by how much water I needed. I was, I was up to about a gallon by the time I got to eight o'clock and needed every bit of it. Really thirsty. Yeah. See somebody here. I've already got the water. I'm making myself thirsty just talking about it. Right. How many of you have a water bottle here? Yeah. See, okay. Go ahead and grab it. Once again, Jesus had some very, very practical pieces that he pointed to. <clears throat> he referenced a similar thing in John 4, if you want to read it further. I'm not going to take you there, but if you want to go back and study more this afternoon, John chapter 4 would be a good continuation. But I want to direct your attention to John chapter 7. So if you want to back up a little bit from where we were there. John chapter 7. Now, the context for this chapter is pretty significant. In verse 2, <clears throat> the Bible says, Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Okay, now the Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration of the Jews to commemorate when God brought them out of bondage and sustained them through their time in the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. It's also called the Feast of Booths at times. And it was a time when they would all gather together. They would stay in these little tents made out of uh, palm branches around the city of Jerusalem. And there was this big celebration. And at the end of this big celebration, on the final day of the feast, one of the things that they would do is the high priest would be involved in the ceremony where they would bring a big container of water up to the top of the temple steps. And they would dump this water down the steps. And it was to commemorate how God had provided the water for them in the wilderness. So this is the context in which Jesus makes the following statement. Verses 3 through 36 are about how Jesus shows up at this feast and about how some people are challenging him. Do we really believe that he is the Son of God? Do we believe that he is who he says he is? And then as we get to verse 37, on that last day of the feast where they had that special ceremony with the water being poured out, the Bible says in verse 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those, who believe, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So it's pretty interesting, right? Jesus is there at this event where there's all this water that is pointing back to him. And he says, by the way, this is something that I want to do for you and your life. 
Okay? Now, many, many, once again, you're sitting here thinking, okay, well, that's good. Like, I know water's important. But I want you to think about the last time you were really thirsty. Many of us are blessed to be in a place where we're never, like, really, really thirsty because you can get to water relatively quickly, right? You're not going to be, like, just parched. But I want you to think about it. You know, a lot of these people had to walk to get to where they were going. They didn't have air-conditioned vehicles. They didn't have bicycles. A lot of them didn't have, you know, fancy water bottles like a lot of us brought here. They may have had ways to carry water, sure. But there would have been times where they would have been walking from one place to another and they weren't going to carry water with them. Can you imagine how thirsty you'd be after a long hike in the sun and the dust kicking up? How good that feels? Maybe some of you have been there, right? You've been on a camping trip or you've been in some situation where you can remember, man, I did not have enough to drink. How incredible that water is. And Jesus points to that moment, whatever that moment might be for you. And he says, by the way, remember how much you appreciated that water. He says, I can do that in your life. And I love how that ties in with what we were just talking about, right? What's the reason why these leaves will fall off of those branches that were cut there? Obviously, they're disconnected. But what is one of the most important things that they need when they're connected? What are they receiving through the the connection? Water. Yeah, it's essential, right? How many of you have a garden here? You leave those tomato plants for like a day, a day and a half in the heat, and all of a sudden, they're wilting, right? Think about this. The next time you're out in your garden, just remember, reflect on this. Because I think Jesus connected his illustrations in ways so that we could think back. Now, a lot of what we just talked about is the theory, right? And I think that uh, depending on where you go, different, different churches focus on different things. I can't speak to what the main focus has been for you all right here recently. But one of the things that I've realized is, is that it's very easy to talk about the theory and to miss application. You know what I'm talking about? Like we, can, we have the, the head knowledge of what we're supposed to do on something and not be great at the application, okay? Now, I want to give you a few examples that were relevant to me, but you may have others that are relevant to you. Um, one of those things would be uh, remodeling a house. Have any of you been there before? Have you done that before? So Esther and I recently purchased a house, and I'm very optimistic, and I know just enough about construction to be dangerous, and... You know, I looked at this thing and said, oh, well, honey, we can fix this up. And it won't even take us that long. <laughs> and, um, yeah, some of you are already laughing, right? You're like, oh, yeah, we've been there on our first house too, right? Yeah, we're still living in it, in the middle of a remodeling zone. Why? Because it's, it's simple in theory, right? You're like, well, we're just going to fix this drywall here and do a little mudding and a little bit of painting and some electrical, and we're just going to tear these walls out, and we're going to re... It's simple in theory. You can talk about it in about two minutes. I could explain to you exactly what our plan is. And if you had a a detailed drawing, it could be even simpler. You could be like, we're just going to do this. Right? But that doesn't make it happen quickly. Okay? I do tree work. And one of the most important things that you can do in tree work is to be able to uh, bid a job correctly. Right? To look at a tree and say, this is how long it's going to take to take this thing down. Because I charge based off of my time. Right? I can't tell you, there's been several jobs since I've started where I have not made as much money as I thought I was going to because the theory of how to take it down was simple. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we're just going to, you know, this branch here, here's, we're going to do that, we're going to take this and that, and oh yeah, no problem, here's the price. And then I get up in the tree, and you're like, man, this thing's bigger up here than it looked on the ground, you know? What are some other, what are some other examples where, where the theory is simpler than the application? I know we're like a little farther away than you would normally have a conversation, but just go ahead and share a few with me. What are... Give me a couple. What was it? 
Oh, okay, to be holy. So you're taking it back to the, the spiritual application. Absolutely. Spiritual things can be simple in theory. Following Jesus' example, living a holy life can be simple in theory, but a little more complex in application. Absolutely. We're actually going to come back to that, so thank you. Any other like, examples from um, day-to-day life? Not saying that that's a wrong example. That is day-to-day life, but what else? Raising children. I haven't had that privilege yet, but how many of you here are parents? How many of you would agree that it's simpler in theory to raise children than it is in practicality? All the hands. Were, there were maybe more hands on the second question. All right, what else? Some, some of you young people, what are some things in theory that are easy but harder in application? What is it? Cleaning. I love it, right? Yeah, have you ever done that before? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to go clean my room like it needs it, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to really get the closet cleaned out. I'm going to get everything organized and like... Three, four hours later, the room's more of a mess than when you started, right? Because it was just a simple thing to organize, but by the time you torn everything apart and put it back together, yeah, it's complex, right? So, or not complex, it's simple, but it takes time. That's what I'm getting at. Now, why did I ask you for all these examples? And I'm sure there were more probably just starting to get the wheels turning. Probably everybody's got their own idea now, right? This is a thing that's simple in theory, but it takes a little bit more in application. Well, here's why. Because I think it's something that at least I have had to wrestle with in the spiritual walk can be the same way, right? It could be a simple thing to say, oh yeah, I'm just going to stay connected to Jesus. I'm just going to continue to abide in him. It's really easy to say, right? It's easy to preach about in comparison to the amount of intentionality that it takes to apply it. And, and part of the reason why we built this tower here, and I got, the, I got a sense that just leaving it the way it was was probably the right move. But oh, what I was going to do was ask, is it, would it be possible to build it again in 30 seconds? Maybe, 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 if you're like really, you know, maybe you practice, say just hypothetically, right? You practiced a bunch of times. But realistically, no. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take time, right? Because you have to put one piece upon another, upon another, and upon another. It wouldn't matter if you understood every, if you had every single block memorized. It's still going to take the time. Harmony would still have to take the time to put each block on top of each other. And we could go on and on and on. So many things in life like this. But I wonder, is it possible that we talk about, you know, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but then life gets busy and then we have to prioritize our time and say, well, where are we going to actually invest our time, right? I remember when I was working at Campus Abel in 2016, I was the waterfront director. I was excited about the team of people that I had to work with up there. Um, I got to choose most of the people that I was going to be that was going to be on my team, and it was going to be a good summer. It was like I knew that it was going to be good teamwork. You know, have you ever worked on a team that wasn't such a good team? Like you just people didn't get along, whatever. Yeah, this was not going to be one of those teams. We had worked really carefully to make sure that we had the right people to work together well, except for one person that I didn't know. They were just randomly assigned to my team. And I was a little worried. And I was like, you know, do we have to have this person on the team? Yeah, they got to be there. I didn't have a choice. I was like, okay, whatever. Esther turned out to be a great worker. And she turned out to be more than just a great worker. She turned out to be very intriguing to me as an individual. And over the course of that summer, we started to talk a little bit. Recognized that there was kind of some mutual interest there. And um, at the end of the summer, we, we decided, you know, let's just take a little bit of a break here. We don't want to 
push too hard because I've seen so many times where people meet at summer camp and it's like a different world there and then it just doesn't work as well going after summer camp. So we said, we're just going to take some time. If it's something that's supposed to be, then we'll still have a desire to be connected later and we'll, we'll pick it up. Well, we gave it about two or three months of just, you know, let's not talk every night type of a thing and didn't take long for we're like, yeah, no, we, we really want to keep talking. And so we talked and we phone calls and in fact, during that time when we decided, you know, we're going to take just a little bit of a break, I still wanted to talk to her so bad that I would sit down every night at my computer and, and write to her. And ended up, between the time when we'd stopped talking and when we started talking again, it was like 70 pages, single-spaced, of just me telling her what I was thinking at night and like, hey, I wish I could have told you about this and thinking about you and whatever. And when we started talking again, it was one of those things where I didn't, you know, it was just, it was a part of the night. I, I made time for it. It didn't matter what else was going on. It was like, I'm, I'm going to talk with Esther. It was sometimes like one, two in the morning by the time we got off the phone. It probably wasn't the healthiest uh, timing. You know, you're supposed to be sleeping at that time. But I was in love with this woman. And the long story short, some of you may have guessed, fast forward a little while, a little while and I married this lady. She's actually up here today. And, you know, when I think back on that time, Man, that was, that was so special, right? I didn't, I didn't have to work that hard to stay connected. And I'll tell you, our relationship is still incredibly special. And for those of you that have been married for a little while, you realize that there are dynamics that change because we change as people, right? We grow, we, our interests change and focus, and you have, to, you have to be intentional with your marriage. We moved recently. We've had some job transitions recently. And man, one of the things that we both realized, we've been talking about it, man, we've got to be more intentional than we used to be to stay connected. It's not that we don't love each other. But at first, you know, when you're kind of like not sure about who the person is, there's this kind of curiosity, this fascination. It's, not, it's, it's just different than when you've been married for a few years, right? And so that's one of the things we've, we've just been talking about. You know, we need to be intentional about making sure we carve out time together because I'm working until 9 o'clock every night and she's getting back late sometimes. And it's amazing. You could go for three or four days and be like, wow, we haven't even sat down and talked together. Life's so crazy, right? Have any of you been there before? Yeah. And you've got to make some serious decisions. Hang on a second. How much, how much do I value this relationship? Right? And I would imagine, now I say imagine because we're intentionally planning so this doesn't happen. Let's just say hypothetically, if she and I decided, you know what, we don't care enough to make the time, we'll just keep being busy. You know, I'm going to keep working. She's going to keep working. We might talk once or twice a week. How long do you think that relationship's going to hold together? I don't know, but that wouldn't stay healthy for very long, would it? You, eventually you start to grow apart, right? It takes that intentionality. It takes time. It's simple in theory to say, yeah, we're just going to stay connected, just like we always were, you know? We used to love to just, it was, we didn't even have to work hard at it. Well, sometimes you've got to work for a relationship, and that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you don't love each other, but sometimes you have to sit down and say, hey, this is my priority right now in life. I'm going to carve time for this no matter what. Sometimes I think we need to do the same thing in our relationship with Jesus. You know, for some of you here, you were just baptized. That's really exciting. That's kind of like right after you get married, in a way, right? Right after you just get married, man, let me tell you, we, once we got married, we didn't have to work very hard to spend time together, right? It was just, we wanted to be together so bad. And it's not that we don't want to be together now, but let me tell you, the, the fascination is different now than it was then, right? And it's the same thing in your relationship with Jesus at times. Some of you have been in a relationship with Jesus for longer than I have been alive. And I would... I would dare say that if you're honest, 
you've been through similar things with your relationship with Jesus, right? There's times where it's very natural. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm just fascinated with this relationship. I want it. You can't keep me away from it. I don't even have to try. But then there's going to be other times where you have to say, you know what? Just like that remodeling project or just like so many of these other things in life where we said you have to be intentional. The theory is there. That's simple. But you have to carve out time and say, you know what? I'm taking time for this. I'm making this a priority. I'm going to continue to invest. And so as we wrap up here today, we're going to be singing a closing hymn. And I want to invite you, as we're, as we're singing, and I, some of you, like, if you're like me, you're not great at multitasking, so you may need to, to take some time. I'm going to try to provide some, some time after the closing hymn for just a, just a minute or two. And I want you to think, because some of you here may need to take a little bit of time and say, you know what, Lord, I need help to make sure that I am prioritizing my relationship with you. That abiding, right? Just like the vine. Am I, am I actively doing this? And some here may be struggling a little bit with that. Maybe you're here. Maybe the reason the Lord brought you here today and impressed this message for today was because you needed to recommit in that time with him. Just like in a marriage to say, you know what? I'm going to make this my priority. I'm going to carve out the time for this. And so in that silence, after we sing our closing hymn, I want to invite you to do whatever you need to do to prioritize that time. Maybe you need to set a reminder on your phone. A new reminder, sometimes you get so used to reminders that your reminders don't help, right? You just silence them every time they come up. If that's you, don't do that. Whatever you need to do to start taking time again on a daily basis to connect with Jesus. And then I'm going to have a special prayer after our closing hymn of time where I want to invite you to reconnect with me to, say, to that commitment. To say, Lord, I want to recommit to that time with you. So at this time, I'd like to invite you to sing our closing hymn together. It'll be hymn number 50 abide with me. And I hope that that can be a prayer of your heart, um, that you would want to abide with Jesus in a deeper relationship with him.